Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> nice job, Miriam. She was not thrilled about playing that hymn this morning. So. She did a great job, though. The word of God from St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. This is God's word. I want to correct something that I know I've said. Now, I'm not sure when I've said it if I said it in a sermon or if I said it in Bible study, I don't know when it would have been, but I know I've said it at some point. And I've said something to the effect of that there are no enemies among your fellow man. That the real enemy of the people of God is the devil himself. And I want to issue a correction, and this is important for a preacher to do, because preachers really need to not be in error when they preach. Because that is utterly and completely false. To say that there are no enemies among us, not necessarily among us, I'm not saying someone here is your enemy, but yes, people can be your enemy. Didn't Jesus himself say so in our text? Now, I want to be clear. I don't want us thinking that we have people out there who are like our arch nemesis or someone that we must do battle with or someone that we must conquer, like the Avengers and Thanos or something like that. Sorry, you got to be a comic book movie person to get that if you don't. We do have enemies, though. We do have enemies. In our epistle from 1 Corinthians 15, on which we reflected last week, St. Paul writes in our epistle for today that the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Well, if death is the last enemy, that must mean there are other enemies that come before it. And of course, Jesus says, love your enemies. And if I have to love my enemies, well, that must mean I actually have enemies. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Now, I want to be clear that we should exercise caution in who I deem to be my enemy. Because the person who cuts you off out on the street, that person's not your enemy. The neighbor who lets their, their trash blow out the top of their garbage can and into your yard, 
or lets their dog come into your yard to do their business in your yard, that is not your enemy. But there are people who attack other people specifically for who they are as the children of God. We may not know enemies like we think we might know them. Maybe sitting there thinking, oh, we do have enemies. Well, I've got a list. I already know who my enemies are. Great, I can consider them my enemies. No, your enemy is the one who opposes you and threatens you and seeks to do harm to you because of who you are as a child of God. And don't kid yourself. Those enemies are real. I think our eyes are becoming more and more open that they exist among us, perhaps even in our own nation, where churches and Christians are given one treatment versus another. Where if you confess marriage as being by the design of God between one man and one woman, you can be called someone who's filled with hate. You can be called a bigot. You can be canceled. Where if you believe that churches ought to have the right to be open so the people of God can gather together to be fed and nourished no matter what the circumstances There are those who will say, no, you churches must close your doors. But the liquor stores and the casinos and the pot dispensaries, they can stay open. Not only do we have enemies, Jesus tells us how we should act toward them. And that kind of brings us to the tension of today's reading and Jesus' words. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Now this might make us a little bit uncomfortable because, you know, we as Lutherans, our emphasis is, of course, on the gospel, on the cross of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on grace and forgiveness and mercy and compassion. And that's the word that we lift up above all. But make no mistake about it. The Bible also tells you, dear children of God, a whole bunch of things you're supposed to do. You're to love everyone, even your enemy. You're to do good to everyone, especially those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Make no mistake about it. There are plenty of people outside of these walls who hate what we do in here. They hate the hope that we proclaim in a risen Lord Jesus Christ. They hate that we regard Holy Scripture as God's true word delivered to us. They hate that we would be so bold to even gather in a parking lot when we're told to stay at home. Some of you remember the people driving through the parking lot trying to see what those fools at our Redeemer were up to 
when they were even sitting in their cars. It is incumbent upon us, dear Christians, dear friends in Jesus, to wake up and realize there are enemies out there. Consider Joseph in our Old Testament reading. You might remember the story of Joseph. He was the one, the son of Jacob, 11th of 12 sons, the one that Jacob, his father, made no secret of that he loved him more than all the other brothers. And how did he show it? Gave him that coat of many colors. What did his brothers do to him? The older ten in response sold him into slavery. Joseph's own brothers were his enemies. They sought to do him harm because of his place of privilege in his father's family. And when he was reunited with those brothers, how did Joseph respond? He responded with love. He responded by giving. He responded by doing good. How in the world are we expected to be such people? Because we are. We're commanded to love the unlovable, to give to those who clearly only want to take advantage of us, to do good to those who seem to be the epitome of evil. It would seem that what Jesus gives us to do is an impossible task. It is, by our own power, impossible to love your enemy, to do good to those who hate you, to bless those who curse you, to pray for those who abuse you. Sinners like you and me will find every justification to respond to others with what we think is fair, what we declare to be just, what we know is people getting their own comeuppance. Sinners like you and me delight when we see people who are normally opposed to us get what they deserve. But the person who knows they have a father who pours out mercy and love and compassion on his children, they think differently. Here again the words of our Lord Jesus. Love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High for he is kind to the ungrateful the evil. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. We, the children of God, children of our Heavenly Father, have exactly what we need to be people of mercy and love and kindness and generosity to everyone, even to our enemies even to those who hate us, even to those who regard us as fools. Because we have a Father who is merciful. We have a Heavenly Father who gives to us, even though 
As sinners, we are his enemy, even though we have pitted ourselves against him by our sin and our rebellion and our wickedness. And even though we deserve nothing but hellfire and suffering and damnation for all eternity, because God is merciful, he sent his son Jesus Christ to shed his blood for our sins and washed us in mercy. Mercy undeserved. Mercy unbefitting people with sins like ours. But mercy nonetheless. And when you receive that mercy from your Heavenly Father, you become a person with mercy to give. Mercy to show. Mercy to pour out. Even on the most undeserving person whom you can comprehend. You see, there's this mistaken notion that we have that the Christian life is one where we start at the bottom and try and make our way to the top, getting a little better as we go along. But what Jesus holds before us and what the Christian faith manifests itself as in your life and in my life is a circle. A cycle that repeats itself over and over and over. Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, be rinsed, cleansed in the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. Receive from him what he gives you. And having been shown that kind of love and compassion that the Father has for you, For a poor, wretched, miserable sinner like you and like me. The Father that has such love for you works in you that you can in turn love those who are your enemy. Love your enemies, do good, lend expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great. You will be sons of the Most High for He is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. You know who the ungrateful and the evil are in this text? It's you. It's me. We are the ungrateful and the evil. who have not given God the thanks he's due for all he's done for us. We are the evil, corrupt with sin, who stand opposed to him and deserve his eternal judgment. But the Father is merciful. He pours out good things. He is kind even to the ungrateful and the evil, even to you and to me. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. What sort of people love their enemies or give expecting nothing in return? People who've received mercy from their Heavenly Father. Through the Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, we will be, you, me, this church, the people of God here in this place, what will we be? We will be those people who have their sins forgiven. We will receive from the hand of our Father the forgiveness that He gives to us. The Word He shares 
in His promises, revealed in His Word, the very body and blood of His Son, given to sinners like you and me in the bread and wine of Holy Communion. And we will go forth from this place having received love and mercy and goodness, things given to us by our Father, in order that we can be people who give outrageous love, ridiculous generosity, and unworldly mercy to the world around us. What Jesus invites us to do, dear brothers and sisters, my fellow family in Jesus Christ, what Jesus does with these words is invite us to take the long view. To step back and realize that the person who sets themselves up against you as your enemy is also one whom God has loved. And as in the story of Joseph and his brothers, God is always at work, always accomplishing his good purposes, even when we can't see them, even when we don't understand why things are the way they are. I know I've felt a lot like that lately. Perhaps you have as well. Trying to understand, God, what are you doing here? What is that work here in this world in which we live? Why have you allowed this thing to happen? I spoke prior to the service, told you about how my family is currently grieving the loss of a loved one, someone we lost way too early. We wonder why. You've had moments like that as well, I'll bet. Where you wonder, why? What is at play here, Lord? Well, the word of God and the words of Christ Jesus, our Lord, invite us to step back and look at all things and be reminded that we have a Father who is merciful. And he doesn't discriminate with his mercy. He's merciful even to the ungrateful and the evil even to you and me. As we heard again this week in our epistle, Jesus is risen from the dead. But he's only the first fruits. We will live again as well. Well, if God is merciful, and Jesus is risen, and the grave has no power over me or anyone else who dies in Christ, Well, perhaps it's not so unthinkable to love the unlovable and give to those we've marked as irredeemable to show kindness to a world in need of kindness. You know where it's going to come from, dear friends? It's going to come from here. It's going to come from us. From us who have received mercy from our Father. And know that mercy is for all. We give what we have first received. God grant you grace and strength and courage to love, to give, to do good, to pray for, to bless a world that needs it.
even when that world is your enemy. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.